Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Carly Moulton. Carly is a communication manager at Zapier, and in this episode, we talk about how Zapier reframed its press coverage during the pandemic from being about remote work to automation, what data-driven PR is, and how TikTok has become a thriving marketing channel for them. For my day job, I think long and hard about how businesses can best leverage audio to tell stories for internal and external audiences. And honestly, I think businesses pretty frequently misallocate their energy in developing their podcasting strategies. They spend way too much time on the creative and content side and not nearly enough time at the beginning building the business case and defining what success will actually look like for the audio content. I love what Zapier does with data-driven PR, and I love that they self-publish the results. Audio is an incredibly underutilized arrow in the quiver for companies when it comes to data and research. What if you break out your new research report into a series of segments and invite your head of research to discuss the key findings? Stats are great. Infographics are amazing. Human voice explaining the implications is transcendent. What if this mini podcast series was shared to the company Slack privately before it was published externally? What if you embedded this content on your consumer blog post? Would the time spent on the page go up? I think so. What if you embedded the audio on PDFs that you use to pitch the media or as part of sales collateral? Would you be able to add another dimension of influence to that collateral? I think so. In just a few moments, you'll hear Carly talk about how Zapier research illuminated the fact that automation helps small and medium-sized businesses compete with large enterprise. How about a five-minute interview with a series of your customers talking about exactly that? Customer stories and video are expensive in the best of times, and it's especially challenging to execute during a pandemic. Capturing their stories as a podcast offers efficiency, scalability, and uniformity in how the content is produced. Bendly is the audio platform for business, and we believe that your audio content should live where you do business. Sharing to Slack, email, blogs, and PDF is all the click of a button using the Bendly platform, all with security, privacy, and listener analytics. Are you looking for a way to leverage audio as part of your marketing and communications toolkit? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the awesome Carly Moulton. Hi, Carly. Hi. Carly Moulton has worked in tech communications for nearly a decade and currently leads the communications team at Zapier. Zapier is easy automation for small businesses and connects over 3,000 apps. Carly, that's the quickest bio I've had to read thus far. I'm grateful to you. (laughs) Thank you. I love brevity. (laughs) So when the pandemic first struck, many business journalists started to write about how businesses and their workforces were transitioning to remote work overnight. Zapier was one of the first fully remote companies. And as a result, there was a lot of interest from the press in how the company managed the team and culture. There were lessons to be learned. Reflecting back on the outset of the pandemic, what were some of the Zapier best practices for operating remotely that was communicated to the business press? So as you mentioned, uh, Zapier has been remote since we were founded in 2011. So prior to 2020, this was a pretty novel idea and very few companies were working this way, especially at the scale that Zapier was. So one advantage that that gave us was we had nearly 10 years of experience working remotely under our belts by the time the rest of the world was pretty much forced to go remote. Uh, So over the years, we've created processes and established a culture that allowed us to thrive as a remote company. And as you mentioned, because of our expertise in working this way, we had an influx of interest from reporters who were eager to learn more about what makes remote work work uh, for Zapier and what others can learn from it. 
So one of the most common questions that we got from people was, how do you stay connected as a remote team? And over the years, what we found was that camaraderie and culture are two key elements to help people feel unified. And they sound really similar, but there are some key differences. So for us, culture is dictated by Zapier's values. And those values are a core part of who we are and play a really important role in how we run a remote company. For example, default to transparency is one of our values. Uh, we're a distributed team of now 500 people across more than a dozen time zones. And so for us, that transparency creates accountability. So remote work really can't function unless your work, your processes, your systems are available to everybody, regardless of where they're located in the world. So we work in public. Uh, we've got a Slack, uh, which is where we do our work. And all of the channels, except for like uh, with few exceptions, are public channels. So you can go in at any point and see uh, what people are working on, dive into different threads to get more detail. And what we also document all of our work. Uh, so one example of this is we do Friday updates. So each Friday, um, every single person at the company from um, the CEO to myself to uh, folks working on support, articulate what their priority was for that week and whether or not they accomplished it. And then set out a priority for next week. So just so you know what everybody's working on. And then um, camaraderie is the concerted efforts that we take to stay connected and encourage unique uh, approaches to team building. So I mentioned that we work in Slack and we work a lot in Slack. Uh, internally, we do not use email. We only use Slack. So one example of camaraderie for Zapier is our virtual water coolers. So uh, our, our work channels in Slack are organized by fun and work. So for anybody who wants to discuss an off-work topic, we name the channels and we start the channel with fun-topic. Uh, so this can be anything from cooking to dogs to my personal favorite, which is the Bachelor franchise. And people will discuss casually their interests as you would like in an office. So it really is a, a fun way to make connections and have discussions with people that you might not normally work with on a day-to-day -day basis. So we communicated this externally in a number of ways. Um, so that was one-on-one -on -one conversations with reporters, especially in the first half of 2020. Uh, we had quite an influx of remote work um, inquiries from reporters. And then we also pivoted our social media to sharing tips about remote work. So that's everything from, again, how we stay connected, because that's really the main question that we got, to how we structured our work day, to what tools that do we use, uh, so on and so forth. And then we also created webinars ebooks, blog posts, all dedicated to the topic, full of advice for what to do when you're suddenly remote. So we're really getting fantastic results. Uh, we had stories in top tier publications. Our social media following and engagement exploded. Um, our webinars were attended by thousands of people and our blog is read by millions of people. Um, but the stories were really revolving around how we worked as a company as opposed to like what our product actually does, which is pretty limiting when, when uh, your job is PR. So when people hear about Zapier, we want them to associate us with automation more so than remote work. I can imagine what it's like for you, right? You're getting all this inbound interest. You're generating tons of impressions, tons of engagement. But you shared with me that it wasn't necessarily the right type of earned media, right? In other words, the awareness was higher of the product, but it wasn't necessarily translating into business value. Can you talk a little bit about how you and your team work to transition the story so that it was actually about the product as opposed to just how you organize remote work? Yeah, so you're right. So it was a really exciting time and it was super busy and it was full of wins for us. Um, and in March, 2020 was when we were seeing the start of a lot of these results. And we kind of naively assumed that the world would return to like quote unquote normal um, within a couple of months. 
However, as we know now, like that did not happen. And as the months went on, the majority of our stories in the media continued to be about remote work. So we were helping people rethink the way that they work. And we realized we were missing the opportunity to tell this bigger story about how automation is changing the way that we work. So my manager challenged me to really shift the focus of our stories from how we work as a company to the impact that our product has on the workforce. Now there's a challenge there, right? Like automation is a tricky concept. It's inherently technical. It's convoluted to explain. Um, since Zapier's inception, we've struggled to really articulate what the product actually does. However, we have this really loyal fan base of customers who are doing incredible things with automation. Uh, one of my favorite stories that actually came out of the pandemic was that of Museum Hack. So uh, Michael Alexis is the CEO of Museum Hack, and they ran renegade tours of museums. Uh, and they did this all over the world, particularly New York, Chicago, I think anywhere that has famous museums. So when COVID hit, they were forced to shut down their business and rethink um, their model completely. And within a matter of three days, they'd actually lost $3 million in revenue, and they had no new leads coming in. So he was really forced to rethink everything that they were doing. Uh, and what he ended up doing was founding teambuilding.com, where they run virtual events for remote companies and remote teams. And essentially, Michael used Zapier to set up this really complex lead sorting system that allowed his team to focus on actually perf uh, performing these events and scheduling and getting the events um, up and running versus going through all the leads that are coming in and assigning those to people, which was all taken care of uh, thanks to automation. And by the end of it, uh, by the end of 2020, teambuilding.com accrued so much business that they actually hired over 100 more employees, which is really inspiring. So it's a, an incredible story, and it was one that wasn't being told because of our focus on remote work. So really, in the second half of 2020, like we went cold turkey. Uh, we just deprioritized stories about remote work. Uh, we decided to not pitch any stories or not take any interviews about remote work, uh, with very few exceptions. And this meant turning down multiple tier one opportunities that came in asking us to talk about remote work. Uh, so as a PR person, that really hurts your heart when that happens. But um, we had to make sure that we were prioritizing the right types of stories. And so we did. So instead, we focused on stories like Michael, uh, who's real people like doing incredible things with automation. Uh, we also focused on company milestones and showed how their proof points of the fact that automation has become essential for small businesses. Recently, in June of 2020, around that time, Zapier hit 100 million in annual recurring revenue. Um, and then early this year, we released our valuation for the first time ever, which is $5 billion. Um, and so that really shows that, like, hey, these small businesses are relying on Zapier as a tool to get their work done. And then finally, uh, we use data PR to tell stories about automation in new and thought-provoking ways. Yeah, can you go a little bit deeper on, on what data PR means? Because you, you self-publish survey research as opposed to partnering with a third party, right? And on your own channels, you know, you found that, I think the number you shared with me was a 40% increase year over year in press coverage by self-publishing this content. So can you talk a little bit about what data PR means and why the strategy is so effective? Sure. So as any PR professional knows, there is a lot of noise out there. Like there's new tech companies popping up every single day who are trying to get attention. And at the same time that this is happening, newsrooms are also shrinking. So a couple of years ago, I actually read a stat that said for every one journalist, there are six PR people. And I'd venture to guess now that that stat is even more disproportionate. But essentially what that means is that journalists are getting hundreds of pitches every single day. So 
data provides us with a way to cut through all of that noise. Uh, journals love data because it provides them with like relevant topical fact-based stories. It's also a way for us to uh, create news relevant to Zapier and a way to insert Zapier into major conversations that are currently happening. So we don't partner with firms like McKinsey, you're right. Um, we do self-publish the data. However, we partner with market research companies like Harris Poll, which provides uh, validity to the data. So using survey data, we can gather insights that aren't available to us through customer or app data. Uh, one example is about a feature story in business article, or sorry, in Business Insider. After one of our surveys found that knowledge workers value automation as a skill more than coding or programming, which is pretty interesting. And then as an example of a more like, topical um, survey that we did in January, we ran a report to discover how many people plan to start a side hustle this year and then use current customer examples to show different ways to automate those side hustles. Um, so this is covered pretty widely. We got this on local news stations um, across the uh, across the U.S. to like uh, bigger publications like Parents Magazine. And then um, a recent report that we launched in March focused on the increasing adoption of automation among small businesses. And it, we found that one key benefit um, that customers get through automation is the ability to compete with larger companies. And so uh, that was pretty interesting to find out because again, the, there's really no way for us to know that aside from asking it through a survey or, or chatting directly with our customers. And this report ended up generating like dozens of really high quality hits for us, including uh, interviews with our CEO on Cheddar TV, um, live on Yahoo. Um, so yeah, so it has led to, and like you said, it led to um, a 40% increase year over year for coverage for us. So if you look at the headlines that we're getting uh, now and compare them to what we were generating a year ago, the difference is very apparent. Um, the stories that we're securing today do a much better job of explaining our, our mission, product, and impact. So part of your responsibility is overseeing social media. You're present on all the channels that you'd expect, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, but you're also on TikTok, which on its face doesn't really feel like a B2B marketing channel. What's worked there? And maybe more importantly, like, why do you think it's worked there? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, TikTok earned a really early reputation as an app where teens dance and lip sync. So uh, you are not the first person to think that we are crazy for trying TikTok. Um, but it really has become so much more since the early inception of the app. The app is also really famous for having this incredibly targeted algorithm. So people see content that pertains directly to them based off of the videos that they interact with. So for consumers, what this means is you get a highly curated feed. And for creators, it means that you can go viral on TikTok without even having a single follower. So uh, earlier this year, TikTok began targeting Zapier's main audience, which is small and medium businesses. Uh, they created a resource center for uh, small businesses focuses focus on ads, e-commerce, and growing your business through TikTok. So our audiences became the same. Um, our social media manager also noticed that more professionals were using the app to do everything from market their small business to joke about like the universal pains of working a corporate job. And then additionally, nearly every other major social media platform have created features for short form videos. So what that means is if we create a video for TikTok, we can repurpose that across all of our other platforms and gives it just a longer lifespan and the ability to get more eyeballs on that one piece of content. Uh, so in April of this year, actually, we decided to test TikTok to determine if our customers are on the platform and to see if there's an appetite for automation-centric content. 
like you said, it's pretty niche. <laughs> it's uh, not something that you might expect to see on the platform, but people loved it. Our TikTok videos consistently performed better than any time of, type of video content that we've shared across um, other platforms like Instagram or Twitter. And we think that it worked because it was fun, engaging, topical, and relatable. Like we weren't on there pushing a product, we were more so promoting like a lifestyle and joining conversations and jumping on humorous trends that really resonated with the audience. So it's safe to say, I mean, we were surprised with the results. <laughs> We've got a lot more planned for the platform that I, I can't speak to just yet, but I will say stay tuned. And then finally, one of the most surprising outcomes was how excited employees were over the platform. So people really, really excited to engage with the videos, eager to hear about results, and many pitched us ideas for videos or creative videos themselves. At the beginning of our conversation, we we're talking about the company Slack and how you set up these different channels. There's camaraderie, there's culture. You have a, a Slack channel where people from all over the company share videos and trends that they think could be used by the company. So someone in a department that isn't connected to marketing or social media is now offering ideas on TikTok strategies. It's a small thing, but it feels like it has an outsized impact on company culture and collaboration. Have you been able to measure this in some way? Yeah. Yeah. So that channel is currently one of my favorite channels on Slack. It's so much fun. Uh, it's super cross collaborative. There's a ton of people sharing ideas in there, like you said, which is actually really helpful because no two for you pages, which is TikTok's main feed, um, are the same. So people are getting different content and perhaps seeing different trends that might be relevant for us that we can jump on that maybe didn't come across my feed. Uh, the way that it currently works is Sometimes maybe like I'll have an idea for a video, but I get stuck on how to make it funny. Uh, one of our blog writers is naturally very funny and also has this knack for writing in like a relatable and hilarious way. So I'll work with him to like workshop an idea or workshop the copy that actually goes on the video with him. And then another time that was even uh, like more cross collaborative is I had an idea for a video about a problem that an engineer might face and how Zapier could potentially address it. The obvious struggle here is that I'm not an engineer. So I had no idea if the video would even make sense or if I was using the right language. So I dropped that idea and the inspiration video into the Slack channel and then I tagged in one of my engineering colleagues for feedback. Um, and luckily I did because she very politely told me that the idea didn't make sense. But then she helped me tweak it and into making something viable. And like, this isn't something that will likely show up on her performance review. And she's an incredibly busy person. But she took the time out to, of her day to like, help me make this bad video good, um, which was awesome. So really, to answer your question about measurement, um, it's hard to measure the value of a relationship like that. And to be honest, I, I don't think I'll try. So no, that's not something we've nailed down. Carly, thank you so much for your amazing wisdom today. It's a wide-ranging conversation, but it was super interesting to hear about how you all have been able to thrive and grow through remote work, but also to tell the stories that matter to, uh, to your business partners. So thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Brian. It was fun to be here.